Welcome to Tactical Permaculture. I've worked on projects ranging from the poorest to richest clients, from inner cities to suburbs to farmlands to remote wilderness, from the eco-war front lines to celebrity backyards. In over 25 years of service to the earth and the community of life, I've learned that in the fight for sustainable survival, growing is half the battle. Go to tacticalpermaculture.com for more info. You gotta train for me Because I'm training for you We gotta love, love And revolution to do You better train for me You'll be training for you Episode 26 Surviving Climate Change, Global Warming, and Killer Heat Waves, originally published July 22, 2022. The topic that is uh, is on my mind, it's inescapable, and it is uh, also, for many people around the world right now, it is um, this intensified state of um, heat waves all over the place and just more... Um, really deadly visceral validation that uh, global warming is happening, climate change is happening, and whatever political position one might might be um, arguing from in a debate about whatever is debatable about whatever science of causes and rates and whatnot, um, the fact that, uh, yeah, in some places, record-breaking heat temperature highs are, are being hit. Uh, people are dying in um, in um, I don't know if they're dying in record numbers, but the deaths are climbing, and uh, and I'm trying not to be one of them, and I'm also very much a a skeptic of um, really high-tech, really expensive and and futuristic approaches to this to these conditions, and I think it's I think the the, the most um, the easiest way to, to, to be a peacemaker amongst those who would argue about... I mean, obviously, I feel like anybody who is really trying to be a climate change or global warming denier, so to speak, that they, they, they tend, in my, in my estimation, to be incentivized by having some stake in some industry that would be set back um, if if regulatory restrictions were put on were, were put on one or more industries that they're invested in or that they work in or whatever the whatever the incentive is and sometimes that's very transparent sometimes it's not but then there's this other sort of um, second level removed from those who are direct stakeholders in industries that are trying to thwart uh, regulatory efforts 
it, though, it seems like that second layer of people are those who tend to be sort of fashionably anti anti green left from a a a, a right wing or 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 libertarian position where it's just well it's an issue that stereotypically people on the left care about therefore we're we're just going to make fun of it just to troll them or something um or or bundle it up with a, a general sort of narrative around um no more smaller government and whatnot and uh it's unfortunate because um of all the things of all the things that you could do to spite yourself um, undermining the ecology that allows life to to flourish uh, under the right circumstances under under well cared for circumstances that undermining ecology in the name of uh, of of whatever ideology or whatever profit motive it's obviously um i'm trying to trying to not be too too insulting uh but um it's obviously problematic and troubling and uh i don't like to spend too much of my time getting in shouting matches with people who i disagree with um, I would rather just be the change I want to see in the world and um, make a difference how and where I can without burning out and without um, yeah without without undermining my own my own survival my own stability and that kind of was what I did with all of my activism in my teens and 20s and even into my 30s was over leveraged myself into causes that didn't really have a a way to sustain my it didn't have a way to, to to reciprocate my my efforts in a way that would sustain my life so it just ends up being um you know unless you are a professional activist or a moneyed philanthropist or something or operating from some serious grant funding to be a street activist and a guerrilla activist and, and, you know, on the lower end of the, uh, the economic spectrum, you can only go so far before you got to start licking your wounds and, and try to try to just survive. And, um, I'm in that mode now. And so best I can do for anybody at this point is, uh, make art that I can sustainably make and speak these words that come from the heart. Um, and until and unless I have some major, I come up in a major way, there's not, there's not much I can finance, there's not much I can invent. And to be perfectly honest, my my philosophy, my ideology, it's been primitivism, which is about not accumulating material things and not working 40 hours a week and not, not 
thinking about really high-tech, futuristic ways to solve problems that that really just require a lifestyle change, a, a change in the, in the system of values of consumerism, and actually really lower the demand for a lot of the toxic chemical product, toxic chemical uh, derived products, and um, and harmful technologies that are just uh, yeah making the planet unlivable for every organism and um, so for me it kind of makes sense this elegant arc of being like well my journey and my daily struggle to survive these 120 degree Fahrenheit peak temperatures where I'm at, I'm leaning into the climate refugees of the world and I'm not, and that's just a, that's just a, a reality, that's just a fact of life, adapting to this um, to this season which feels it's, I don't know exactly, like I didn't have, <laughs> I should have, but I didn't, and now I do, but I didn't have a thermometer um, last year, and I do now, and I'm like, damn, I'm already, at the t- I'm already at the top of this thermometer, this, it, it's, it's already, uh, it's already at, at the top of the numbers, pretty much, there's, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that if it goes above that 120, then I'm just going to have to extrapolate what those lines are going to mean. But, uh, but I'm par- I mean, it's, it says a lot to me because if that was the upper limit that they expected to make these things, like, well, I guess, what are they going to do? Start making new ones that go higher because that's the way, that's, that's the, the, the state of the world? I mean, to me, that's, it's, it's just a telling little... It's pretty dire, just realizing that we're we don't have a lot of um, wiggle room now, and um, and yes, I'm in a I'm in a situation where it's a desert biome and it's um it's relentless heat during this arc of a, of a few months, and it feel it does feel it does feel harsher uh, and hotter than last year. Um, but again, I don't have the, I don't have the data to compare. So now I'm start. this will be my first year of starting to really make note of how I'm adjusting to these, these temperatures and then, and then noting the temperatures and whatnot. So point is, I'm not going to tap out to go try to find air conditioning um, I'm, I'm in a remote off-grid, off-road, homesteading, desert project, and this is very much part of what's on my roadmap personally for wanting to do permaculture in every biome and wanting to explore the strategies and techniques that are provided in the designer's manual and understand that every time I go out to a extreme edge of a biome to start this from scratch which I'm willing to do for for my 
to be a well-rounded, well-trained, well-experienced designer, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with hardship and, and, and living through this and, um, and having it make me stronger. So yeah, I'm happy to say that this year I am adapting with the, with the temperatures. I'm, I'm adapting what I'm doing with keeping the fish and the trees and the plants alive and triaging which ones need to be harvested and sacrificed and sort of, um, yeah, gauging that also with just, um, macroeconomic and cryptoeconomic forces and whatnot and uh and and yeah going back to saying to be perfectly honest like this the the forced austerity is actually part of the plan and i don't say that to just delude myself i say that because i don't believe that cheap and easy and free money is going to be around forever and i don't think that things that it buys from other places in the world I don't believe that that supply chain is going to last forever. And, and I think the sooner more people really hyper relocalize, meaning just start experimenting as much as possible, leaning into a, a reality where they're, they're transitioning f- from 0% reliance on what they can what they can um, subsist on and, and grow and sustain themselves with but in their bioregion going from 0% to 100% and trying to increase that as soon as possible to where we actually as a species are are living within communities that that really only trade with other communities things that are niceties that we're not they're not life and death food, medicine and and water commodities and shelter and our basic survival needs would be procured from proper earthworks, rainwater catchment, settlement patterns, everything being just hyper relocalized And really that takes letting go of a lot of the consumer habits, letting go of a lot of the creature comforts, <laughs> leaning into a little bit of suffering, a little bit of sacrifice, and finding out what your limits are. And for me, it's it's just a, this has been an extreme, extreme reminder that like <laughs> the paradigm that we're in of industrial working industrial and tertiary service sector office jobs all of the i mean the the transition from agrarian to industrial to service workforce it all it's all been a a, a nasty gnarly um, enslavement, entanglement, extraction from from natural cycles that we're actually 
intrinsically adaptive to climate change, intrinsically adaptive to um, to the seasons with appropriate sheltering and rest from harsh conditions of hot and cold and drought and pest, pestilence and with enough biodiversity and a natural wild ecosystem that is not being paved over or flattened and leveled and made into agricultural fields of crops versus agroforestry or food forestry, more of horticultural designs that have perennial systems and plenty of multi-layered resilience. That's what permaculture brings back is all of those missing layers in those in those um, ecosystems. So they can be very resilient and very productive. But that doesn't lend itself to machine harvesting and the chemical agricultural petrochemical paradigm of mass scale farms to feel mass to to feed mass scale armies, mass-scale industrial factory workforces and urban dwellers that don't farm anymore and don't garden anymore. Cheating the natural flow of energy from the sun by extracting toxic chemical oil from below the surface of the earth, polluting the atmosphere, It's going to take a lot more refusal and rebellion and resistance and suffering and sacrifice to walk away from that monstrosity and get back to what is left of the horribly raped landscape and start to repair it quickly so that we can integrate back into ecology before it's too late. And and everybody who dies of climate change lethality is a victim of that progress is uh, a casualty of that of that war on nature and um, so leaning leaning into not a oh great we'll all live in in vertical air conditioned robot built dwellings stacked sky sky rises with aeroponic aquaponic plants growing and it's just all going to be beautiful it's all going to be managed it's all going to be to me sustaining the unsustainable and continuing to stack dysfunction and invite and, and invite more compounding collapse not that I'm against green technology I'm a part of those industries I've been part of the green the green high-tech movement and industry and whatnot um, but all but always with a one foot in in the in the primitive at least and now I'm moving more towards 
moving more towards that that primitive lifestyle and uh the reality is what i feel is i think yeah i i I was going to make this point earlier but but i'm coming back to it whatever whatever is debatable about the science of climate change and global warming and and the cause of it what what is understood and what is a common what should be what should be axiomatic uh, self-evident to anyone on any side of this conversation about climate change is that the earth the earth in the history of life on earth there have been extreme hot and cold temperatures humans have survived a number of those cycles and they were brought on for different reasons and they've had different durations there's there are some indications of 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 patterns some are, seem to be somewhat anomalous i'm not a total expert in all that but what i do know is that this is not life's first rodeo with with high temperatures so it's like there are natural low-tech primitive precedents for how life on earth has adapted to these changes and for most of the times that those changes have occurred there was no there were no billionaires to come up with cockamamie schemes to fuck with the functioning of any of the very uh complex inner workings of of the biosphere to try to like get away with more raping of the earth even with the best intentions i just don't i don't want to i don't want to um endorse any any of that activity and hey if if they figure something out and advise us some time i hope that with that time that we bought we scale back and out of industrialism cuz i don't care how green it is it none of it's sustainable in my opinion from my researched opinion so it's interesting to think about what it, what what ha, how do do organisms adapt to climate change some of them can't some of them get immediately ravaged by parasites some of them get immediately um ravaged by toxic algae blooms some of their predators and other pests have no restraint on their location or their seasonality so that they can perpetuate indefinitely and then just harangue and just bring down what their their prey at at, at numbers that they can't be um recovered from so a lot of the victims of these changes of of climate have no 
despite their best efforts, they don't stand a chance. And, you know, that goes with, with hot or cold. I mean, that's just a fact of life. And um, a fact of um, evolution and adaptation and arguably every I mean more I, I, I think it's correct to say that more species have gone extinct already in the history of, of life on earth than are currently alive today or something of that nature but essentially yeah there's been a lot of of iterations on, on the, the, the the templates of life and um, yeah there are a few organisms that are pretty pretty robust the extremophiles the cockroaches certain fungi be able to survive nuclear winter and volcanic ash winters and all kinds of um, all kinds of extreme conditions but when I think about watching, when I watch nature shows and I, I look at how how very diverse and very uh, thriving, diverse, dense populations of animals that, that have just exploded in in their range, in their in their their just exuberance of life and their speciation across the landscape and then and then to have an entire life way of, of wild animal communities be based on this ebbing and flowing of, of the of the level of a river or a body of water and, and, and then just to watch their anguish of that of 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 that cycle waning and them having to suffer and go into um, go into more marginal areas and their populations decline and some of them just get brought to the brink and never come back or some of them never come back some of them get brought brought to the brink and they have to survive in a very low a low population ra- uh, range for a while there's species that are so so adaptive that they can just basically go almost completely dormant for however long it takes for very long periods of time in extreme frozen conditions or extreme heat just be like okay fuck it <laughs> we're out piecing out until the next cycle but yeah it really struck me watching some footage of just like this whole seasonal like all these animals coming back for this expected time when the water was going to just give them everything they needed to replenish their their mating season and their do all these rituals and do all this stuff and then they come back and it's just like this this bog this that's just barely can get a sip out of and just and just realizing like yeah this it makes me want to figure out how to play fair in nature and not 
not abuse and step over every other form of life in order to get this sort of mechanical engineering advantage over everything and really just doing more harm than good and and not not using our our uh, evolved gifts in a in a more fair play sort of manner and when, and so I'm not I'm not criticizing anyone who's listening to this from an air conditioned environment right now. Um, I'm not trying to be like eco more eco than thou, ecoer than thou, and uh, you know I'm I'm still I'm I'm at a point where I'm using my solar panels and my marine batteries to power my my fans, you know. So at the peak of the day, I'm wrapping my head in a in a, a torn sheet and spraying that down and keeping it moist and and then blasting myself with a with a, a fan on full blast and just laying there and meditating and, and studying and uh, and being still because if I move 10 feet outside of this shade and this and this uh, this sort of med medical tent sort of uh, situation, it feels like running a mile, and uh, and that's deadly, and I can feel it, and it's 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 scary. So, yeah, I don't I don't wish this on anyone, but I do I do realize that like my adaptations, my modern primitive adaptations, are very low budget. I mean, not everybody in the world can slap together solar panels and a couple solar panels, a couple of marine batteries and a couple of fans and uh, and have access to water that they don't have to continue to to go and and pump by hand you know I've, I've got I've got some water tanks that I could fill up with a truck so I'm already in a high in a, uh, I'm already in a privileged position even to have those things, but what I'm learning and what I'm trying to lean into is like, to me, this is all prosthesis to get to a point of very, very ancient primitive adaptation, which is living underground comfortably and enjoying what every other creature out here knows to do, which is burrow underground. And I just don't have the balls to go all to go all the way yet. And I, I if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it with that mechanical and engineering advantage that won't exactly be playing playing fair. But at least I will do it in a non-toxic way and a very minimalistic way. But for now that I'm on the surface and I'm, I've only got uh, semi, semi uh, underground options to work with. Now I've got this earth tube dome where, where I'm trying to, I'm trying to see 
how far I can go without capitulating into that dome because I realize now, yes, I built the thing, but there are some, there are some safety and security trade-offs to get even that hundred feet out <laughs> of where that earth tube goes. I'm not going to get into all that, but basically I want to say the the medical risk of stepping even a few feet away from where I've concentrated my medical resources is so high that I'm willing to now I realize like okay how do you this is where it gets very interesting because if I want to move towards this ancient primitive modality and have a, a sort of hybrid like I'm trying to figure out how you go about living on the surface and surviving on the surface in these extreme temperatures ranging from a hundred degrees at, a, at the coolest point in the earliest of the morning because I because I you know, having trouble sleeping and looking at the temperature and looking at the clock and going, oh my God, this is, I'm, I can't. But to knock myself out, I, I just have to, I just have to apply more water with the spray bottle. And um, so that's where it's getting interesting. So from 100 to 120, that's the range that I'm now experiencing and, and, and adapting to. And, um, and so I can figure out what what that lifestyle what is what is um, practical within that within that lifestyle within these extreme temperatures, and then if if that if that temperature gauge goes off that chart, I have I have a place to retreat to, but. It is. Uh, it's becoming more of a of a last resort than a first resort because if I go out there, if I go out to that to that location, um, it's going to protect me from from the extreme heat of the day. But I did not want to build. I don't. I did not want to spend the money or build the apparatus to have the amount of solar panels and battery backups to be able to run high-powered fans all through the night. I guess I'll get it. I guess I will get into it. So <laughs> once we're, once I'm into this territory now where it actually f feels hotter at night, and I would assume that that is because there's less wind blowing around for the most part. So you just get stuck in the baking heat of the earth giving back the the uh, the heat that it absorbed with the sun baking it and less wind pushing it around so yeah anyway yeah I mean I, I can retreat where I've got the 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 earth the earth tube cooling going on in that dome but I don't have the wattage to maintain to maintain a force of air going through those earth tubes from a fan once the sun is gone when the sun when the sun goes down 
the inverter starts screaming. And so I've, I've only got high-powered fans while the sun is blazing, which is great. But it, it, it means that, uh, yeah, I mean, if, 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 if I have to evacuate from this sort of med tent, I will have that. I will have the, obviously the sun will be blazing and it'll be powering that fan. Fan will be sending air down underground through a hundred plus feet of earth tubes into a dome, and I will be able to enjoy that while it lasts. And then once the sun goes down, I've got to hope that I'm not that I don't become instantly so punch drunk from the heat that I trip and fall and land on a fucking scorpion and red anthill and never make it back so i'm weighing those things out and i'm realizing that you know what because i'm out here alone unless i had an eco village of people who look out for each other that that scenario is going to be a last resort and i will feel safer staying put and how do I scale into extreme temperatures, scale in and out of the day and the night? And really what that comes down to is just how frequently I reapply a dampening amount of moisture onto the linens that I'm covering myself with. And that's really all it takes. So... This has been a long-winded coming full circle to this point about really feeling into the people who are dying in the heat waves and realizing that, like, okay, I'm not sitting in some air-conditioned whatever having my climate change hubris and talking about making fun of the green left for whatever i mean no to me and i'm not and i'm not just i'm not just a, a bleeding heart liberal saying oh i feel so sorry for the people who are dying of heat stroke i am literally struggling to survive against life threatening temperatures under life threatening conditions alone and I'm not asking for anyone's sympathy or pity. I'm just saying I'm in a position to have a lot of compassion for the people who I know have to go to work, have to move around, have to go be a part of the work-a-day world and the economy and are living in buildings. And, and it's like... Um, living in conditions where where it, it comes down to the the public health warnings and whether or not they adhere to them or not whether or not they they they, they take risks with their lives because they have to because of financial reasons but i have the luxury right now to have compassion for those people who are dying and say to myself man i'm so fucking blessed i'm so blessed to be to be able to do what is appropriate under these conditions for any organism on the planet, which is if you can't burrow underground and enjoy those 
life-saving scientific parameters, factors of the Earth maintaining a constant cooler temperature below a certain number of feet, depending on where you are in the soil type, that's a guaranteed survival route. There's always a way, you can always survive underground if you can get down there and breathe and not and not be caved in on and not be attacked by snakes and scorpions and whatever else. And you get into the security aspect of that. But short of that evacuation route, I am realizing that all the people who are dying of heat stroke are dying in vain because obviously after you get past a certain age, everything goes out the window. But as far as the people who are dying because they're out there working in this heat, moving around, no. If we cared about people we would we would we would use all of our mon- billions of dollars all of our billionaires and all the ingenuity and all to give people the financial uh, peace of mind to be able to take this situ- situations of extreme extreme heat and say, here's what you got to do. You got to lay still. You got to have plenty of water within arm's reach. You got to make sure, you got to basically create, set up a med room within your house where basically you don't have to get up and move around very far, which means maybe you're shitting and pissing in buckets or whatever you, whatever you got to do. Maybe your bathroom is, you know, right next, right next to you. But I, st- I honestly think um, there's an argument to be made for like, fuck, when I get up and I stand up and I go and I move a couple of feet, it's scary. I mean, you could f- literally fall over and and fall wrong. And you're not going to lose consciousness completely. You're not going to pass out before you hit the ground. But if you fall wrong and you hit your head or you injure your legs or anything. (laughs) So, yeah, there's a lot of people who live alone. I'm sure a lot of people who are dying of heat stroke are dying alone. And, um, you know, in solidarity with them. I'm sort of forced to um, to to adapt to those kind of conditions, and I'm not elderly, so you know I can't simulate that. Although I feel like that, I feel like this heat makes me, yeah. Make, I mean, I I'm like I wonder if this is what it's like, if it's what it feels like to be to have limited mobility and to have limited you know, limited um, cognitive function to degrees. And uh, and yeah, it's just like, if I step out of the shade into that heat for one second, I feel like 
I feel like I'm fucking 200 years old or something like that. And I just want to collapse and I can barely, I feel wobbly, you know, and um, that's really scary. So that's pro- yeah, so that's probably what elderly people feel like, even if they're not in the direct sun. If I'm in the direct sun, I feel like that. It, for them, they probably feel like that, even just standing up. I don't know, you know, exactly. I'm not, this is medical advice or nothing, but the full circle, very interesting, very redemptive sort of um, byproduct of my pushing myself to the limits here. Um, and doing the calculations and, 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 and risk evaluations and everything is like what I discovered through this process is that to be able to lay still in the shade with a relatively high power I mean just yeah box fan type of fan if you can power a box fan lay flat and what I've done is just cover myself drape a thin sheet a sort of a a, a piece of a sheet so it's easy to re-moisten without you know wasting a lot of water like I'm basically I basically cut out a piece of sheet that could just cover my cover just barely cover my uh my body and then another piece that i could wrap around my head like a like a bandana you you fold it a couple of times into that triangle and then you and you you do like a bandana tie with that and so i mean i think i think routinely about what what the next level is for me which is what is just basically like an outdoor festival party where they bring up one of those that they got a generator powering a pressurized uh, spray nozzle string system of strings hung above the dance floor and they just on a timer every whatever 15 20 seconds or so they just they just spray for however long and I'm like yeah I mean that's going to be the next level for me and I want to be able to do that without using the power of a generator I want to dial in that stuff so it's just um you know it's within a, a less demanding range of uh of, of water pressure and and electricity to power the pumps but But I'm like, what? Why? For all the people who are dying, what does it take to have emergency? This to to, to adapt? Because what I'm realizing is that like this isn't just this isn't gonna make mold everywhere because it is so fucking hot that this water can't the water evaporates very quickly and with the fan on me, you know. The water evaporates very quick, but while it is evaporating, I feel like I'm in a freezer (laughs) and I'm not going to die of of hypothermia 
it just feels nice. It feels like on a hot day when you're getting a beer <laughs> and you and you you you, uh, you you piss people off behind you because you hang out in that in that beer cooler at the convenience store a little longer than you normally would <laughs> just to enjoy that feeling. That's what it feels like. It feels that fucking good. Just having a fan and a spray bottle and some some thin small pieces of cloth and the and the, the what scales from that the variable is how much water how what is is what mechanism of reapplying that spray water is whether it's for me you know at this state of the game i don't have those automated pressurized spray nozzles set up um but that's but that's forthcoming but it, but but it's good for me to know that that's the bougie thing and the non-bougie thing is a fucking spray bottle <laughs> and a fan and you know so anybody who's on grid doesn't even need to be all all solar ninja out or whatever you don't have AC or your AC fucking breaks because of... That's another thing too is like what is the backup plan if you're only alive because of AC and you lose power because the grid... Because everybody's using AC at once so then nobody gets to use AC and then people fucking die and they had no plan B. So it's very interesting to... For me to be... To be in that, know, understand what that plan B is, and also think about yeah, what happens if you break down? <laughs> That's why I don't want to go anywhere right now. I don't want to get in. A, I don't want to get in a vehicle and risk breaking down anywhere and being in this biome and 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 have to to deal with that heat. It's fucking deadly. So. Again, full circle, modern primitive, you know, ancient cultures figured it out. Ancient cultures figured out very interesting ways to, de- to passively design water cooling airflows. Airflows that, that, that interact with water pools, that create mists, that... Uh, that really do what we're doing with a lot of plastic and a lot of a lot of extra energy resources and a lot of extra engineering that that could be done with more passive designs and um you know but that takes work that takes effort that takes time and it's not convenient (laughs) but a lot of people hey they're living in a world of convenience until it fails and then they fucking die so i'm interested in that in that modern primitive, that ancient primitive, and uh, and and yeah, I'm thrilled to understand now that like it really comes down to being as simple as. Yeah. Get a fan going. 
know that it's a it's a uh, it's paradoxical because that fan is going to blast hot air at you <laughs> and feel like your city your your face is in front of a of a blow dryer. <laughs> so your 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 um, it is a it is a it requires frequent reapplication of the mist of water in order to have that very very powerful and potent and very effective cooling effect but then it, it it wears off quickly and then you're back to getting blasted with the heat but it is possible so i've literally like okay i can feel my cognition sort of shrinking like but what I can do is I can continue to squeeze this spray bottle and administer that. And that feels like, okay, I, I, if this is the, the near-death experience tunnel, you know, I'm like, <laughs> every, every spray of that water hits and then the fan does its magical thing. And then I'm like, ah, uh, the, 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 I'm not, they're not ready to take me under the other side yet. I still have more work to do here. I'm still here, you know. I mean, it's not, it's not exactly that dire, but it does, it does feel like that. And um, it's just good to know. It's good to know that uh, if your AC dies, if you can apply those measures, I mean, just the just the damp fabric alone does something, but it is what orders of magnitude. If I if my math is in is is in range, it's orders of magnitude less less of a of an efficient cooling effect is having that fan blowing on you. Hence, <laughs> internal combustion engines, the radiator and the fan. You know, I think about that, and I'm like, yeah. So I'm the engine. My fucking brain is the engine. My core body temper temperature is the engine. I better fucking hook up a fan and get that water pump, that radiator going to just continue to cycle the heat off the surface of my body. And it's it's uh, it's working so far, and I figure I've got probably another six weeks where, like, most of the day, that's what I'm doing. And uh, <laughs> and while I'm doing that, I'm doing my studies, and I'm taking this uh, this EMT telecourse, and. Um, yeah, feeling like the patient that they're describing <laughs> and learning a lot as I go along. But um, but yeah, that's, I mean, is that really sexy, like futuristic? Oh, here's the... The, the, the Pinterest? No, it, it's not very Pinterest-y kind of a thing to do. You know, it doesn't look... It looks very apocalyptic, honestly. But there is an aesthetic. There are some people who would be like, yeah, actually, fuck. Um, yeah, 
hey, there's a big van life thing going on. I'm sure there's a lot of fucking people who are like, oh, shit. In a situation where they've broken down and the shade isn't enough. What happens when the shade isn't enough? And I'm lean as hell. I cannot imagine being overweight when the shade isn't enough. And when you when you don't have hundreds and hundreds of gallons of water already that you already loaded up before this chapter of the year. What if you're out there in the fucking boondocking somewhere and you don't have hundreds of gallons of water, you got tens or fives and you're overweight and you broke down and you don't even have solar panels on your roof. You might fucking die. And that sucks. But now I know until I can do it right and get ancient primitive right out here on my land, which is the perfect place to fucking make this into the ultimate replica of the Petra hydrological civilization desert oasis city. That's my new favorite thing to study is the Petra oasis city in the desert. They fucking dialed some shit in and it, it they they really flourished with their systems while 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 they could and you know didn't last forever but uh but there's a lot to learn from it. And um Yeah, now now I know like if I were, if I were if I were broken down right now out there I would never, I don't think I would travel in the summer on the road without ideally 50 to 100 gallons of water just in the vehicle, on in the truck. And then having that battery backup, battery charger, be able to power 12 volt fans knowing that if I were to lay a canopy over the, over the top of the bed try to get comfortable plug in a a 12 volt fan to that battery that battery jumper basically and know that that would that and just continue to douse myself in water and have the fabric hold some of that water and then just make sure that there is a fan maintaining that that evaporative cooling effect directly um if that will keep me alive out there. But fuck that. I don't want to go anywhere until... until the seasons change. And by next year, I don't want to have more power and more panels... I want to have been able to afford a, a very 
elegant burrow underground and make like all the other smart critters out here and fucking escape the summer heat and not feel bad about it and not lose my livelihood because of it but actually adapt to the reality and so I'm going to leave it with this <laughs> what got me back into remembering how how a damp surface <laughs> that you can come in contact with can be what saves your life from the from the the devastating lethal heat of the summer sun it was watching these meerkat documentaries and watching what the meerkats do and realizing like watching them pass over from being sun drunk and like they gotta go out they basically it's like this is their life cycle as mammals these they look like miniature kind of they're like miniature um possums is what I think they look closest what they look to look like they're like no more than 12 inches tall but they walk around (laughs) spending a lot of time walking upright so they're very anthropomorphic and and lovable in that sense but I'm in love with all these meerkat documentaries and I realize like yeah that's that's how I want to live I want to I want to adapt to and they live in an extreme desert and they're adapted to it so what do they do in the winter, they, they cuddle to stay warm. How appropriate technology, how green is that? <laughs> how many billionaire VC funding startups do you need to figure out that cuddling will keep you warm in the winter if, if you have extreme cold temperatures? And then what do they do in the summer? They still have to forage but they have to do it very wisely, very carefully. They do it only in the cooler parts of the day. And then you can see that as the sun comes up and they've got to start finding their way back to their retreat underground, that they can be sun drunk and and, and have a hard time. So, you know, seeing them adapt to that and get their asses back underground before it's too late. Um, Sometimes some of them get stranded out there and then you see them suffering and barely surviving until they get back but but what I what I thought was the cutest thing that really set all this emotion for me this year cuz last year I wasn't doing this I was not even thinking about and I didn't have those that tankage of water I was it, w- it was a pathetic situation that I was in last year and it was self-imposed and I don't think it was cool or smart but I did not have the tankage I didn't have the truck to get mass quantities of water and I was basically, yeah, it, w- it was very, very extremely risky what I had done, the amounts of water that I had in the same fucking place. And so there was no fucking way I was going to waste a bunch of my drinking water to keep my <laughs> myself moist, my, my, my clothing laying sheets of water and spraying water that was forget about it it was the water i drank the sweat coming out the fucking heat rash everywhere and the um and the 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 orange piss you know being fully dehydrated and, and suffering kidney pains i mean that was very stupid and i cannot do anything but um 
what's the, what's the right word? Um, defame myself for for no I had I, I I knew better and I and I well hard lessons that I survived and now I'm now I'm adapting but I'm not giving myself like a um There is no, like, tap out and put me back into the modern world option. There's only, I have more water now, and I have, I have a a couple more options. But anyway, point, just wrapping, trying to get this to a a point of wrapping up, the, um, Oh yeah, the meerkats. <laughs> yeah, with what's left of, before my before my mind shuts off. Um, <laughs> of course, I'm thinking like, yeah, one of these days I'm gonna I'm gonna get rid of all my devices, go fully offline, and just live like a meerkat, and I will live underground, and I'll cuddle to stay warm in the winter, and I will retreat from the sun underground and 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 it'll be beautiful but uh but the thing that that was interesting that stood out that that that's that made me remember that like yeah you need to you need to always have moist fabric on your skin day and night if you don't want to be sweating everything out and getting dehydrated and fucking up your everything and risking death in, in these temperatures, and it was this, it was just one scene in one of those documentaries where it showed after a rain, it was talking about there was a little segment where they said what the meerkats do to stay cool, and it showed after a rain they will find. A damp piece of, if they if they can find a un, um, if they they can find a still damp, as yet not not fully um, evaporated piece of land after a rain, that they just go and lay on it, and that is like paradise for them. And that was what made me remember. Oh yeah, I have water now. Luckily, this was, um, yeah, luckily I, 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 this, 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 uh, that light bulb went off before the, the main heat started to come, but yeah, it should, it should be a no brainer, but that was the reminder. And now it's like, yeah, you know what I do? I, I spray down, I spray down my bed and I keep my bed moist at night and I don't because it would have it would have been made moist by me sweating profusely anyway at least this water isn't nasty this is nice filtered clean water and I lay down in that water and it 
completely changes the temperature profile. And I feel like, um, yeah, I don't know how many people are going to, I mean, some people do, um, you know, what do they call blackout drills, right? How about an AC out drill? I have never heard of that as a prepper even all these years. I've heard of blackout drills where you're going to go, oh, make sure you have your flashlights, make sure you have your candles if you do candles or your LEDs or whatever, or you're going to do a backyard camp out where you're going to do an evacuation drill. But how about like, a, oh yeah, you know what? <laughs> you could do a drill before the middle of the summer where it's only going to slightly inconvenience you if you turn the AC off. But, but maybe that's worth trying to figure out because what I have figured out for myself is life and death. And there's a lot of people who are fucking dead because they didn't have these... these MacGyver tactics figured out. And even if they tried to figure it out, they, it was like too late. Even if they had everything and they could have figured it out, you start losing, <laughs> you start losing your capacities real quick in these, in these temperatures. And you can't move at all. And the more you move, the dumber you get. And the more dangerous it is to get in one of those conditions. So, yeah. My attitude is like, Fuck. As much water as I can possibly keep within reach, some fabrics, ability to, to, to blast that, that fan when the sun is out, ability to re-moisten the bed and my fabrics um, throughout the night. And that doesn't, you know, even if the fan dies, I know... I mean, the fan is, is, is what makes it very nice, makes it very comfortable even. But just knowing that, 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 if that, that water nearby, so I don't know. I, I don't know if, um, I mean, it, it makes me think about, what, I wonder what a lot of the people who have died of heat stroke were doing leading up to it. And sadly, I think a lot of them were just fucking going to work or working and they had no choice and it was like if the if the if if the government didn't shut down their job or give them some sort of a pass so where they wouldn't lose their job that breaks my heart but i think but i wonder about the people who that wasn't their their circumstance and it was like they lived in a, a liberal enough country or whatever to where it's like, oh yeah, major heat wave, no one's going to fire you if you stay home. No one's going to expect you to work from home. It's just like, yeah, just, hey, don't move. Stay hydrated. And I wonder if any of the people who died were like, died when, when they could have like... um fucking gotten like hooked up a garden hose to their sink with a nozzle and just fucking held it with the last bit of strength they had just to have a few drops and that's so interesting to think about yeah just 
even without the wind chill factor, just having moisture contained in some fabric will probably have kept them alive, a lot of them, if they had the luxury and the privilege to to, to do that MacGyvering. So I wonder, you know, I'm going to call it, I'm not going to make a fucking TikTok challenge or anything out of this. But I definitely know for myself that this is, you know, where if I ever go back to the air-conditioned world where this is all taken for granted, I know for myself I'm going to want to be like, you know what? 24 hours, no AC. If I've never been under that circumstance in these record-breaking fucking temperatures and heat waves, and I don't know what my body's going to do, you know? Yeah, you could... You could be a real, like, um, maverick and, and try to <laughs> do selfies about how much fucking heat you can take and what you can do in that heat. I, I say, fuck that. I say... Immobilize hydrate, moisten, and survive. And if you can, get some fans going. But without that moisture, those fans, they just make life even more miserable because it feels like you're blasting yourself with heat. It's even less livable. And I I would like to do some research. If I had a lab, I would say... Man, I wonder if I do feel like even if the fan is just blowing what feels like even hotter air at me, even if it feels like that on my skin, I really do wonder if it's still creating a measurable difference in my in my core body temperature. That's I'm not yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to and someone else with a lab can figure that out with a fucking crash test dummy or something but uh but it's yeah it's all interesting stuff to to play with in macgyver my life depends on it hopefully yours doesn't hopefully you don't you're not dying because of the heat waves you don't know anybody who died and if you did you know condolences to them of course but uh this is shit to figure out and <laughs> i'm not gonna hold my breath waiting for some billionaire to fucking figure out how to like block the sun or some shit I'm gonna figure out how to do what the meerkats do and leverage moisture and laying on that moisture or laying that moisture on me <laughs> to survive the, the 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 wrath of the sun so Cheers to the meerkats. Thank you very much. You probably saved my life. Just that one of you in that one scene, laying in that damp soil, living it up, being smarter than all of us. Amen. Cheers.